solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Texans fans, to another episode of Locked On Texans, your daily Texans talking news podcast. I am your host, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman, here to tell you about the Peacock and Williamson podcast. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering the latest news, insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday. Can we some podcasts? Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. I am one of the hosts. The other half of the show, Cody Davis, is about to join us. He's been at training camp. There is a lot to discuss. Cody, welcome into Hum Day episode of Locked On Texans. <laughs> yes, sir. And on this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans, we are going to discuss how well the defensive line did look on yesterday. And then we're going to close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans, discussing whether or not the Houston Texans should look at the possibility of bringing in somebody like Garner Minshew to this team. Because, look, Jeff Driscoll is not the answer for this organization if it comes down to it. But to get this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans kicked off, John, listeners, I am happy to tell you guys that yesterday I saw possibly the best performance from Tyrod Taylor on yesterday. Now, I do want to mention, I don't know if it was because yesterday was the first day of padded practice or the fact that yesterday was actually his 32nd birthday, but Tyrod Taylor looked really good out there on the field. He completed nearly every single pass, no matter what the drill was. He actually had the ability to showcase that he is still a mobile quarterback. And that was one of my main concerns about Tyrod Taylor heading into the season, because as I mentioned, 32 years old, he's getting up there in age. And I wasn't too sure, especially when we talk about quarterbacks, starting caliber quarterbacks in the year of 2021, you have to be able to move around in the pocket. And on yesterday, nearly every time the pressure was coming, he was able to extend the drive by using his legs. And John, I do want to mention, during the Texans' too many drills, he connected with Kiki QT. He connected with Chris Conley, who caught a beautiful one-hand pass from Tyrod Taylor. And then he connected with what looked to be a 15-yard reception between him and Brandon Cooks. When he got inside the red zone, I want to say the man ran about a good 10-yard touchdown, and he imitated the Jumpman logo as he flew across the end zone. I love what I saw from Tyrod Taylor. It lets me know that, is he Deshaun Watson? No, not by a mile. But it goes back to what I've been preaching this entire time, ever since the Texans signed Tyrod Taylor. He is not going to lead you to the AFC championship game. He might not even lead this team to the playoffs. But the signing of Tyrod Taylor proved to me that this is a team that is willing to go out there and try to compete and try to win as many games as possible in 2021. And Tyrod Taylor 
is a very solid starting caliber quarterback for this organization. When you take a look at all the nonsense and drama that is surrounding the Texans with Deshaun Watson, I do want to mention, as everyone knows, Deshaun Watson was not at practice on yesterday because he had a so-called leg injury. I was told by a team source that he was at practice, but he stayed in the back inside the trainer's facility. Which is smart. Uh, I think, and I'm going to get to Tyrod, but if he knows that he's not going to be doing anything and he's just keeping himself uh, healthy because, you know, realistically, Watson and the team have an understanding that he can't get hurt and have legal issues at the same time. Um, and so that was smart. He's also understanding that with the practice, with these pads now, he shouldn't be anywhere near this team because the media will create a distraction for him. He doesn't have to. They will. We will, rather. But back to Tyrod Taylor, it's good that he's playing like that. It's good that in the first day of practice with pads, Tyrod Taylor is impressing his coaches and gaining that chemistry that he needs with his teammates. Tyrod Taylor is actually a perfect quarterback for this Houston Texan team, considering the situation that they're in, of not having Deshaun Watson, because Watson would be the perfect quarterback for any new head coach and general manager to work with, right? But since he is absent, Tyrod Taylor is coming into this situation with years of experience of being a starter in this league, a bridge quarterback in this league, and a, and a quarterback that has set behind, at, the, at one point in time, Joe Flacco, who was about a top seven quarterback. I don't think there's much more we can say about Tyrod, honestly. Like, it was just seeing where he is now physically and can his body hold up to the game and can any part of 2014, 15, 16, that, that Buffalo Bill time of Tyrod, can any of that show here in Houston? Training camp is the first step, especially with Pats. I love that part of football. They got them pads on, man. But that's the first step. Can't really get a full diagnostic of what he will bring until, uh, what is that, August 14th. Yes, sir. And so uh, that's, that's just it for me. I, I can't go too much into it, but I do know that he is going to create that chemistry, which is what he's doing now with all the receivers. I don't think Tyrod is a guy that is going to heavily favor a receiver. Because the offense isn't going to be tailored to receive, you know, to to you know, kind of favor a receiver. Of course, we know Brandon Cooks is wide receiver one, but he's going to be able to get the ball around, which is good. And that's just about it. I just got to see him play, man. And and I'm very excited to see him play next Saturday. Hmm. You and me both, and somebody I I am a little bit excited to see Davis Mills. <laughs> I hate the report. 24 hours after he had his best practice, he had one of his worst. The guy went out there and threw three interceptions. And I hate to say it, but once again, John is still early in this guy's career. And I just wanted to pump the brakes on the Davis Mills train. I don't want nobody to get too high on the guy. I don't want nobody to get too low on the young fella. Because at the end of the day, like we mentioned last Friday, and like we mentioned on Monday, this guy is 
is a project quarterback who was drafted in the third round. And Cody, to your point, that's exactly why I hear the good news that Tyrod Taylor looks efficient and good at training camp matters because, you know, as I mentioned, he sat behind Joe Flacco. He started in Buffalo and he bridged his way into, uh, he helped bridge the way for Justin Hebert, Baker Mayfield. So he'll be able to, at least for the future, for this season up until some point, because I still want to see Davis Mills play a regular season game. It's not a rush that Tyrod Taylor looks good. Only, only to that point, John, like I mentioned, it only depends on this is why I also go back to those first four to seven games of the regular season is going to be extremely important because if the Texans get off to a good start and they seem like they're going to be a decent team, then don't play Davis Mill. Let him learn just like Tyrod Taylor did behind Joe Flacco to your point. But if it gets to the point where, you know, God forbid, if Tyrod Taylor gets hurt or if it gets to the point where, you know, in those first four to seven games, you're looking at a, what, two and five record, then you could say, okay, let's see what we have in Davis Mills. Depending but what I don't... That why their record is like that. You're, you're to, Correct. But what I also don't want to happen, even if they have a two and five record, I still don't want to see the Texans rush Davis Mills out there. Because if he go out there and stank up the joint as a rookie, even though we're not expecting a lot from him, that's going to do something to his mindset. That's going to do something to his confidence to we fast forward the next five to seven years and we say, oh, Davis Mills was never put in a position where he could succeed given the fact that the Texans put him in a bad situation. In order for this Davis Mills project to be successful, whether that's here in the city of Houston or just for him as an individual player in his career, he does not need to be rushed out there. And that's why, John, to your point, later on in the show, we're going to talk about the possibility of the Texans bringing in an assurance policy at that position. But from what I'm seeing from Davis Mills as of right now, and I'm not giving up on the young guy at all, but the Texans really need to make sure they take their time with this guy. Because like I mentioned, if they rush him out there too soon, then that can actually hinder his development and he would never become the player that that you and I actually think he can become, which is a decent quarterback in this league. We talked about Davis Mills, his good and his bad. We just talked about Tyrod Taylor, his good and his bad. And of course, number four, a whole lot of bad. Right now, the Texans starting quarterback in week one, Tyrod Taylor, minus 500. Davis Mills, plus 300. Deshaun Watson, plus 700. This is a lot of good stuff here from Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, and MMA action, and, of course, NFL. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. And continuing here with this latest installment of Locked On Texans, John, listeners, you guys are going to love this next segment because ever since the start of training camp, I have been raving about the defense. 
more so the secondary given the number of interceptions and turnovers that they have been recording and even the linebacking core as well but on yesterday i finally had an opportunity to get a good view to observe the texans defensive front and i am happy to tell you guys that this defense will not be as bad as it was in 2020. Is this going to be a top 10, top 15 defense? No. But at least if it comes down to it, you will have a little bit more faith in this Texans defense in order to get a stop in hopes of getting one or two wins for this upcoming season. And when I had an opportunity to take a look at this defensive line on yesterday, in the middle of Davis Mills recording three interceptions, the man also got sacked a total of two times. And the main two players that stuck out to me was Jacob Martin and Ross Blacklock. Starting with Martin, he was one of the two players who recorded a sack on Davis Mills. John, once again, this is a guy that you and I have been extremely high on because you and I both believe that the only thing he needs is an opportunity. And I think playing under Lovey Smith with him making that transition from a, being a linebacker to a defensive end, he's going to have an opportunity to have a breakout season this year. And when I take a look at Ross Blacklock, who recorded the second sack on Davis Mills, and what I like most from Blacklock was the fact that this is a guy who is able to use his power inside that interior defensive line in order to create pressure. Now, even though he did not record a sack, Jordan Jenkins still looked mighty good through these first couple of days of training camp, more so on yesterday, as I had an opportunity to watch him truck offensive linemen Carson Green. And that's good because I don't think Houston will have a dominant pass rusher. I think collectively they're going to be able to get at the teams. And I'm hoping that's what we're seeing because Jacob Martin is a guy that I believe with more playing time can be more disruptive. We've talked about him for the last couple of years. And every time we talked about Jacob Martin, three and a half sacks one year, three sacks one year, but he's only playing about 30% of the snaps. If you bump that up 30 more percent, you know, he may get you a couple of more sacks. And we're not asking for double digits, but, you know, five from him is good. If we can get between six and a half to eight and a half from Omenahu, that'd be great. If we can, you know, if Ross Blacklock can not necessarily dominate, because I don't think, I don't think he he may not be. I, I'm not going to say I don't think, but he may not be in a position to dominate right now for the next 17 games. But if Ross Blacklock can become just very good at stopping that run, using some of his speed and quickness, he's lost a lot of weight. He's in better shape. That may help to his game. Uh, but getting after the quarterback and, and getting some pressures on the quarterback and getting some tackle for losses. And Malik Collins, I, I've loved his game when he was in Dallas, not necessarily – Las Vegas or Oakland who or wherever the Raiders call home. But, you know, I think he's in a better position now in Houston. Jordan Jenkins, you know, he could have, he would have had 15 sacks in two years during 2018, 2019, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So he's, he, he knows how it feels to get after the quarterback. Uh, I just, I'm very cautious because some of these pass rushers, We'll be transitioning to hand in the dirt, D linemen, D ends. I, I believe that Shaq Lawson will be able to contribute heavily if he's healthy, six and a half 
to nine and a half sacks. I think he has that type of game. And then I'm also looking at, you know, how frequently will Lovey Smith throw his linebackers to get after these quarterbacks, right? So overall, the front four for Houston is, is a unit that I believe can be very versatile because every man can do something different that will help this defensive line out. Now, John, before moving on, I do want to mention that Jacob Martin and Ross Blacklock, they did get their sack on Davis Mills running with the second team, which means that that was the Texans' second team offensive line out there. They did not look as good as the first unit. However, when I had an opportunity to see Jacob Martin, Ross Blacklock, along with Jordan Jenkins play against that first unit, they were still coming with the pressure. But the best part about that is the Texans' first unit for that offensive line did not give up a sack. And when the pocket did start to collapse, it goes back to what I talked about in the first segment. Tyrod Taylor was able to use his legs in order to keep the drive going. Did you know that Bill Barr has nine delicious flavors? When you talk to a Bill Barr fan like myself, we're passionate about our favorites. Mine personally is a peanut butter brownie. I also like the double chocolate. People also like cherry, coconut, almond, and coconut flavor. I don't know why those people do, but they do, and they love them a lot. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most flavors have 17 grams protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Order today and get that raspberry, the mint brownie, or whatever you like. Go to billboard.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at billboard.com. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Best podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Cody, you know, I'm not necessarily looking at it from Houston's situation, and I probably should have started off a little bit better, but Gardner Minshew, he is sitting in Jacksonville. He is clearly not going to start over Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence will clearly be the day one starter unless, and I hope this does not happen, an injury uh, or something, he may get sick or whatever the case is. We know that COVID cases are arising on injury. And I hope none of that happens. But for teams like Indy, teams like Houston, you know, is he somebody that should be kept on the radar? Both teams are very knowledgeable about Gardner Minshew, knows what he can bring to the table from an opponent standpoint. Right. Played him twice the last two years. And I think for Indy with Carson Wentz being now 12 weeks and they made that move because they believe that they have a championship roster. They're looking at Nick Foles. They drafted Sam Ellinger out of UT. Do they really think Sam Ellinger is ready right now? I've seen Sam Ellinger play football for the past four years. And I know he's not ready. Right. And that's no shot to my boy. I think eventually he can be ready. Gardner mentioned has started in this league before. Minshew Magic or Minshew Madness or the the Minshew Mayhem, whatever you want to call it, he had an amazing run. His time is over with that, you know, that hype train. But 
I, I can't help but think that teams in this division, Indian Houston, they have to kind of keep their eye on that situation. Uh, we, Jeff Driscoll does not look good at all. Jeff Driscoll has never looked good in the NFL. And, and I'm not trying to be funny or whatsoever, but that's just facts. You know, he's had a, a good game here, there, but never really been able to piece it all together. The first preseason game for Houston is next week, next Saturday. We're going to see what Tyrod Taylor can still offer. We're going to see what Davis Mills can offer it all. And like I mentioned, Jeff Driscoll. But if Houston is not 100% confident, then maybe a six-rounder can go to Jacksonville for Gardner Minshew. I like your take on Gardner Minshew. I don't think the Texans should go after him. But to your point, and this also goes back to something that you and I talked about on Monday, to your point, John, I do think the Texans should at least start searching the market to see what other quarterbacks that they can actually bring in. Because, John, from what I am seeing from Jeff Driscoll, like I put in my report, at some point, it gets to the point where we get the notification and we get word that the Texans are starting Jeff Driscoll at any part of the season. That means something went extremely wrong for this organization. I don't want to sound mean, and this is no disrespect to Jeff, because at the end of the day, this is a guy who has made the NFL. Kudos to him. But Jeff Driscoll does not look good. It is a scary sight to see nearly every time. You know it's bad when he's overthrowing his targets in the midst of one-on-one -on -one drills. <laughs> you know it's bad when he is overthrowing his targets and throwing interceptions in the midst of seven-on-seven -seven drills. And I only think the Texans should explore the market to see what other quarterback that they can get because just like Nick Foles, Tyrod Taylor does not have the best history in terms of injuries. And I also believe if it wasn't for the plethora of injuries that he suffered throughout his career, he would have, his career would have turned out a lot better and he would not be this journeyman bridge quarterback that he has become over the last couple of years. Jeff Driscoll, I'm hoping that he does not make this 53-man roster. I mean, at this point, I'm sorry. That's how I feel. I know that's not going to happen, but Jeff looked that bad but with that being said that concludes another installment of locked on texans your daily podcast covering your favorite football team the houston texans every single day here on the locked on podcast network as always i'm your host cody davis please remember to follow me on twitter at cody davis underscore 24 once again that's cody c-o-t-y d-a-v-i-s underscore 24 i'm johnson sports guy hickman follow us on twitter at locked on texans and like us on facebook until tomorrow Ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.